This week, something, something in a Sean Connery accent, we watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. And I am Jonathan Rooney-Taylor, the Invisible Man! Nah, man, I'm looking right at you. Yeah, but they can't. Ooh, we're all the Invisible Man! Take that, podcast audience. All right, now real quick before we start, everyone pick which Invisible Man they want to be. Dibs on Hollow Man! Oh, damn it! That's the good one, though. All the other ones suck. Now, apparently the new one's pretty good. I didn't see it. The new Invisible Man? Oh, yeah, yeah, with Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see I heard it's either. basically like gaslighting the horror movie. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Gaslighting, like the original Gaslight the horror movie? No, or like gaslighting. gaslighting not not like movie? not like Gaslight by London or whatever. Like yeah, gaslighting yeah. as in like the practice of gaslighting. Ah, okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, it's a whole movie about why you should believe women is oh, basically the premise. Yeah. yeah, I've heard it's very, very good. Uh, but Hollow Man has an invisible gorilla, and you can see Kevin Bacon's dick. <laughs> True. Nice. Without skin on it. So come on. Which one's better? <laughs> <laughs> so veiny. Can, yeah. I be, can I be Ghost from the movie Ghost? Does he count as an invisible man? No, he's a ghost. <laughs> I guess, I guess I and also, ghost. people can see... Well, they can't see him, but they can... When he's Whoopi Goldberg, they can see him. That's right. But they just see Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Correct. They don't know. Right? Yeah. Good stuff, guys. What a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's not the movie we watched. Gentlemen. That's right. <laughs> so extraordinary. This week we're discussing the movie so good, Sean Connery was like, I don't need to act anymore. Yeah, go out on top. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, 2003's uh, Diesel Punk superhero <laughs> movie? Uh, sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, LXG, <laughs> The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Based off the gra- series of graphic novels by uh, noted sex wizard Alan Moore. <laughs> and uh, Kevin O'Neill did the artwork for it, I think. Sure. Yep. It's a good artist. Yeah. Uh, he also did From Hell, which also turned into a bad movie. Yeah, no, that one's a stinker. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it does have Johnny Depp weird opium dreams. Yes. What's bizarre is that in this one, Alan Quartermain, in the comic book, they discover him in just strung out in an opium den. Yes. And it's a big deal that he's going through withdrawal while he's on the Nautilus. But in this movie, Sean Connery is like, well, I'm not going to play a drug-addled hippie. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they do From Hell, and they're like, all right, so this constable, he's very by the books. He's very straight-laced. Uh, opium addict? That's my Johnny Depp. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. And uh, then opium you, addict, you say, yes, Johnny Depp. Uh, opium addict who can see the future. Yeah. And it turns out Bilbo Baggins was the killer the whole time. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? I yep. forgot he was Bilbo. Good for him. Killing yeah. people, being Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> what a life. Yeah, right? What a beautiful life. He eventually ages into Tim from The Office. Yeah. In The Hobbit. Oh, gotcha. I, I was doing some really complicated time jokes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen uh, begins. LXG. Uh, it begins like all movies do with old timey English bobbies hitting a tank with sticks. <laughs> Which, like, I get it. Yeah, 
It's just it's it's London in 1899, uh, and uh, dogs are running around and whistles are blowing. And English you know, is, London shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's foggy. The streets are inexplicably wet. Yeah, there's six bobbies, and a tank bursts through a building, and they go stop. And one and of them then, gets run over. <laughs> True. It's literally the joke from Austin Powers where the Zamboni is coming to run him over and just screams for 10 minutes while it's going super slow. He stands there just going, Stop! Remember the law! (laughs) Oh boy, and then he gets run over by it. Ooh, what a good... uh, If if Judge Dredd were there, what do you think he would have to say about this whole situation? I think he'd go a little something like this. Oh, Sylvester Stallone. End of story. <laughs> uh, Judge Dredd would have just turned his gun to incendiary and blown the shit out of this tank. Yeah. Guys, remember Rob Schneider's in that movie? What a weird bad movie. Let's get into well, that. Let's. You lost me at remember Rob Schneider. Yeah, <laughs> I've done a great deal of work to not do that. Nah, he was the animal. Nah, I've spent a lot of yeah. Money he in was therapy. the Deuce Bigelow, American gigolo. Uh, European gigolo. You're right, male gigolo, then European gigolo. Because he Before broke that he no allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> he was a man with no country. Uh, so yeah, this Yikes. this fucking Abrams tank bursts through a building uh, and just goes down the street and crashes into the Bank of London through the uh, desks and the library. Yeah, he drives all the way through it right into the vault or whatever. Yeah, and then it uh, super shoots the vault and then a bunch of Germans get out and uh, led they by... steal the blueprints of Venice that were made by Leonardo da Vinci, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, that's what Nemo will tell us later in the movie. Yeah. They are stealing the original da Vinci blueprints. Which is hilarious Venice. because, as you point out, Captain Nemo just has a copy, which means there's copies. Yeah, no, you can buy this at the museum gift store. Correct. Yeah, right next to your yeah. copy of the Declaration of right. Independence. But you know what? The markup on those suckers is out of this world. That's uh, true. If I'm remembering correctly, in National Treasury, he has to pay like $40 for it. Yeah, I think so too. Well, you got to understand that uh, Moriarty, the central villain of this movie, just watched the Banksy documentary, Exit Through the Gift Shop. So he's just really enraged by the intersection of art and capitalism. So he's like, no, I'm not going to pay for something that ought to be free. Yeah. Sure, and then at some so point... So he pays for a giant tank. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, and a multitasker. Guns. Yeah, and machine guns. Anachronistic machine guns. No, they have the Maxim gun by this point. It's how we tamed the wild continent. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> On both counts? Well, cut to Africa. Africa. <laughs> uh, where uh, a, a, a stodgy old hunting lodge full of... Scruffy Brits. One of them's gotta be a musk, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Yeah. Definitely. Weird looking guys wearing vests. Talking strange. They're all sitting around in a weird place drinking. Yeah, doing those things that old those old buildings like explorer clubs that used to exist yeah. where rich old white men sat around and talked about all the endangered animals they would kill. Yeah. Back when Britain ruled the world. Yeah. What terrible days those were. Yeah, those were the worst. (laughs) 
so uh, uh, a stodgy uh, a stodgy young Briton guy comes in and goes, "I want Alan Quartermain." And then an old man says, "I'm Alan Quartermain," and he says, "We need you for a secret mission." And then Sean Connery <laughs> turns around and goes, "I'm Alan Quartermain," <laughs> and it's not a huge surprise. He's literally sitting right there reading a newspaper. Yeah. You know Sean Connery's the star of the movie. <laughs> star and executive producer. Hey, man, get them checks, buddy. <laughs> right? <laughs> Gotta quit acting. Yeah. This movie was so good. Yeah. <laughs> what was he going to do to top it? Oh, he did make one more movie after this. I believe he plays a uh, talking skateboard or a dog that skateboards oh, nice. in an animated film. Is yeah. this also, does he do this after he does the one where he like tutors the young uh, or inner city oh, uh, kids? Yes. Bobby Fischer? No, no. Finding, Finding Forrester. Forrest. This, this is after this Finding Forrester. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. uh, uh, so he is currently is... the man now dog. No, for no, well, no. Forrester, who is Sean Connery, uh, tells the young boy that he is the man now, dog. So the man now, dog, has already been passed on to a new generation. Correct. Right. That's why he retires to the Explorers Club in he Africa. He is gotcha. no longer the man, dog. Yeah. Uh, what a great website, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, no longer the man now, dog, turns around and says, "I'm Alan Quatermain." Bah, bah, bah. Uh, and they say that they've got a mission for queen and country. And he says, I don't give a shit about your queen. I'd slap her if I could. And then a bunch Just of... like I did Goshner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of dudes roll in in trench coats and are like, hey, are you Adam Quartermain? And that guy who fakes being Alan Quartermain for a living is like, yeah. And then he gets shot. Yeah, and these yeah, it's dudes... a real, like, Saddam body double situation. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's... it's uh... That you would say, dude. I think this is the perfect term because these are very clearly armored cowboys. Yes, Correct. very much so. Yeah. I think uh, this part of the movie was perhaps actually shot in Australia with Australian actors. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because this was definitely post-Matrix. So, like, Australia had become very much the hotbed for where you shoot big budget, like, special effects driven action movies. Especially because right. there's no deserts in Vancouver. Yeah. That you know of. <laughs> That's true. Never been. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what follows is like a big crazy like shootout. Uh, and by crazy, I mean boring. What are you talking about? Alan yeah. Quartermain beats up a lot of people with uh, tables and chairs. He does Alan Quartermain remains stationary in the center of the room <laughs> while people fall down around him. Yeah, well, he does some, like, old man turns and he's got a bunch of mean jabs. Yeah, That's he true. he throws a lot of haymakers in this movie. Yeah. He's just, like, throwing huge, like, Scottish bodybuilder fists yeah, around. the old John Wayne. Fist starts out way behind you. <laughs> uh, it ends with him... Uh, grabbing a table and our chair and pushing a guy back into a wall onto a rhino horn and impaling him through the chest. Yeah. Which would be super cool in literally any other movie. Probably, but not in this one. In this movie, the effect is just so bad. Yeah. Well, it's edited in such a way that it just sucks all of the energy out of it. Also, the establishing shot of the rhino horn should have happened like when we came into the bar and not immediately before he got pinned on it. Yeah, Alan Quartermain really should have like lit a match on that fucking yeah. rhino horn. Yeah, or just because they're like, rhino horn! And you're like, oh, they're going to impale him on the rhino horn. 
Yeah. <laughs> Versus, yeah, it's that Hitchcock thing of, you know, you show a man getting impaled by a rhino horn and it's a surprise, but if you show the rhino horn at the top of the scene, the audience is thinking, when's someone going to get impaled on that rhino horn? <laughs> it's Chekhov's rhino yeah, horn. You yeah. get that out early. You get a rhino horn in the first act, someone has to get impaled on it at least... 40 seconds later. It's definitely true. I mean, the anticipation is at least there for you if you do it that way. True. Uh, this movie anticipates nothing. No, There ever. is no tension in any way. In fact, we'll get to a fight scene where the character literally turns to the camera and says, No stakes in this one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and he's right, because there aren't. Correct. So, uh, Alan Quartermain chases down uh, the last of the goons by shooting him from like 900 yards away with his old-timey English rifle. And using the power of ADR, it's a wounding shot. Yes. Yeah, a wounding shot. They drag him back. Uh, he chomps down on like a cyanide pill or something and dies. No, it's uh, Pop Rocks and Cola. Oh, sure. That okay. was the 1800s version, version of, of cyanide. cyanide Cola. You're right, I forgot that the old Walgreen company created <laughs> Pop Rocks yeah. as a medicinal stomach helper. Yeah. Exactly. Look, if you ran out of cocaine, you got <laughs> Pop Rocks. No, if you ran out of cocaine, you got heroin. That's true. If you ran out of heroin, you go Pop Rocks. <laughs> you run out of Pop Rocks, I'm sorry, friends, it's a sharpened Charleston chew to the gut. <laughs> <laughs> they just dig right around with it. <laughs> Old medicine was the best. <laughs> to be fair, Charleston Chew is the only uh, substance on Earth that wouldn't disintegrate from the overabundance of bile in your bloodstream. <laughs> That's true. That's true. On the original uh, Gemini missions, they actually sealed all of the spaceships <laughs> with Charleston, Charleston Chews because they could withstand re-entry heat. Yeah, definitely. Uh, They're good frozen. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> They're just not good. Yeah. I was in a candy shop the other day. No, you weren't. <laughs> That's a blatant lie. No one's been allowed in a candy shop for two and a half months, John. We were uh, we were allowed in one at a time, and we had our masks on. Uh, they, did you know that there is both chocolate and strawberry Charleston chews? Yes. The chocolate ones are the best ones. No. As vanilla. far as the, no. No. Vanilla. Even. Vanilla's not a flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Alan Quartermain takes the gig, and he, uh... For reasons that I still can't understand. I think it's because they shot at him. Ooh, and they blow up his hunting lodge. Ooh, and they blow up his hunting lodge. He ain't got nowhere to drink. And then he stares into the graveyard of ten people when one of the graves says Quartermain, and you're like, who is that? Obviously, Alan Quartermain (laughs) died and came back from the dead. (laughs) Which sounds silly, but that's probably what happened. That is what will happen. (laughs) It's it's what's gonna happen again. It'll be both silly and really racist. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just <laughs> like the man himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, this is in May 19, uh, 1899, and now we cut to July 1899. Yeah, the ticking clock to the new millennium is really kicking in at this point in the story. Yeah, well, it took him two, uh, two months to get from Africa to England, and the guy's just like, oh, it took you long enough. Man. And he makes a joke about how, well, it took so-and-so uh, 180 days to get around the world. Whoa, 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 It's true. Because the movie thinks it's funny, yeah. but what it is, is bad. Yeah. Correct. And it's mostly resting on making references to books we all hated. <laughs> or, like, weird call-aheads to things that haven't happened yet in history. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, like that. the Martian invasion. 
Yeah, exactly. That's not due for another ten years, y'all. Uh, no, actually, it did happen in 1947 when Cork, Rom, and Nog accidentally <laughs> went through a time vortex and landed at Roswell. True. I just watched that episode, and it's awesome. <laughs> Golden. Nice. Oh, man. Um, We're like finishing season three of TOS. It's rough. Oh, I'm wet. Why? <laughs> because when you're going to get to next gen first, and you could just skip most of the first two seasons. I Correct. keep telling this to my wife, but she's like, no, no, we should watch it. No. <laughs> I'm like, okay. No, nope. you really should. Nope, nope. nope. Yeah. I will say this about DS9 so far that I've been watching. I'm about four seasons in. I've skipped a lot less episodes than I did of, of mm, Next Gen. Sure. I, I appreciate the longer format storytelling. It is much more serialized. Yeah. 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 Uh, and also, uh, Odo is great. Oh, hell yeah. And he yeah. sleeps in a bucket. Correct. Because yeah. he's just a man of goo. Yeah, and he has a whole planet of goo people, and yep. they live together. In the Great Link, which I'm pretty sure is a great goo orgy. Correct. Yeah. Or like if you ever seen the end of Evangelion, an anime that I know no one else in this room has seen. Correct. It's pretty good. Yeah. Is there a goo orgy in that? Uh, the whole planet turns into a goo orgy. Aren't all orgies technically goo orgies? <laughs> if you're doing it right. Right? <laughs> Uh, That's true. I guess the worst thing I could ever think of that could be conceived by man is a dry orgy. <laughs> Ooh, oh Just God. chafing Whoa. everywhere. Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> I'm getting a rash thinking about it. Yeah. Everybody goes home pink. <laughs> <laughs> and sore. So sore. <laughs> Everyone guy, waddles out. There's a guy sweeping up dead skin all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> uh, so anyways... <laughs> Uh, good League stuff. of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> so Sean Connery arrives in London. He uh, is met by M, the leader of the British Secret Service, uh, MI whatever. Um, it's MI5, I think, at yeah. this point. And he's just like, we won't have a couple more M's for a while. I'm the M, just M, like on James Bond, you see? <laughs> And then, Which in the comic they do a very clever twist of everyone's like, oh yeah, M, we all know it's Mycroft Holmes. Why are we being all cutesy about this? But then it turns out to be Moriarty. Yeah. But in this one he's just like, my name is M. No further explanation given. Turns out I'm Moriarty. Yeah. Uh, also he's like, my name is M. And everyone goes, okay. <laughs> I'm right there, M. Correct. What you got there? Contracts on your name on it? Ooh, nice letter. Uh, Weird thing, though, he's illiterate, so he signs with an X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are introduced to the uh, the initial members of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Which M uh, says has been, uh, you know, a, a uh, body politic since time immemorial. There has always been a League. Right. The yeah. original League was, I assume, Jesus... Hell yeah! Uh, Thor, Hephaestus. Yeah, those guys. That's actually a good combo. You got a healer, you got a tank mage, and, and then you've got a, and then you've got a, and, and Hephaestus can also do all your crafting. Yeah. Ooh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. Does all your crafting, nice. Uh, in the all you need is a rogue. Oh, okay, Loki. Done. Nice. Solved. All right. <laughs> okay, we there's our League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we meet, uh, Captain Nemo, the famous sailor from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. Uh, he is, a, an Indian man who owns a boat that is one mile long. It is the sword of the ocean. Four feet wide. <laughs> Tops. However, it operates on TARDIS rules, where the inside is much more spacious than the outside. The inside of this, uh, fucking... 
submarine, by the way, is just loaded with marble and hardwood floor. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, how are the floors not warped to shit in there? We'll give extremely good sealant. Yeah, how is the marble not just continuously cracking under the pressure of submerging and re-emerging? Also extremely good sealant. You have no idea what this guy's Home Depot budget is like. He just buys it by the barrel. This is before Home Depot. He clearly went to a handy-andy. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In any case, swabbing them decks with paraffin. (laughs) Fun fact, no decks on this boat. Yeah, There's an observation uh, fucking Nook? balcony, yeah. I guess. Yeah, an observation balcony off where, the back where you can shoot stuff. Yeah, that's where you get your skeet. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you shoot your skeet. <laughs> ah, it doesn't matter. It's still yeah, gross. It's, it's all the same. <laughs> it's still gross. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, we also meet uh, Wilhelmina Par- uh, Harker. Harker. Uh, the uh, wife of Jonathan Harker of Dracula fame. She a vampire. We don't know that yet. Nah, she no, looks like it, though. We do. She's she wearing a red eyes. scarf. Yeah. yeah, She's played by Peta Wilson uh, of La Femme Nikita fame. Oh, okay. That's uh, where I know her. Yeah, yeah. I was All also right. having that problem the whole time. The whole yeah. time, I'm like, I'm used to seeing you in a television show of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess we were. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, that's it for now. Uh, no, you, we do meet uh, Mr. Invisible. Invisible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the Invisible Man... Who's just like, oi, oi, I'm Nike. <laughs> yeah, it's Jason Statham in, uh, in in no clothes at all most of the time. Yeah, Correct. it's uh, the actor's Tony Curran. I don't, I can't the remember what else he's been in. But yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm this guy. Yeah, he's a football hooligan. What got invisible? Yeah, yeah. they make they make sure to point out that the real Invisible Man died, and this guy just stole his shit. And now he can't turn back from being invisible. Yeah. And that's why he's joined the league, so that uh, he can get the cure for being invisible. Yeah. Uh, then uh, uh, they uh, they leave. Sorry, are you saying that the Invisible Man, it took me this long to get the wheels a turning. he got the poison, they got the remedy? Hey, worth it. Derailing. It's serious. This is a oh, dangerous liaison. I said the comedy. Uh, fucking, what was the last time you thought of Jason Moraes? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, was that song used in Dangerous Liaisons? <laughs> Might have been. I could see Malkovich pulling that out at some point. <laughs> oh, you mean Dangerous Liaisons, the movie of No Good People? <laughs> Correct. Yes, yeah, it's also the play of No Good People. Yeah. Um, we, and we... The play remade, is The Liaison's uh, Dangerous. Fucking remade with high school kids. Uh, were Buffy the Vampire Slayer's in it. Ooh. What the fuck was the name of that movie? Ah, uh, crap. No, 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 no. It's not Buffy the... Oh, it is... Yeah, yeah. Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle it's Geller. called Cruel Intentions. There you go. That's what it it's is. It's got Ryan Phillippe, Selma Blair. Then they made a TV version of it, but... <laughs> With starring Amy Adams in uh, a young Amy Adams in the Sarah Michelle Gellar part, the pilot was not picked up. So they shot like thirty extra minutes of footage, including booby parts, and nice. released it as Cruel Intentions Two Direct a Video. Nice. Ooh, I should check out the booby parts. <laughs> that movie will get a couple extra stars. Yeah, for right. right? Nah, not bad. They're not a surprise though. Uh, not now. I spoiled the boobs. <laughs> Sorry. That's another thing that would ruin an orgy. Spoiled boobs. <laughs> I think these boobs have curdled. Really, any spoiled body part. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. One rotten body part spoils the whole orgy. Excuse me, sir. Is that a wart? Yes, but not where you think. 
Uh, so yeah, sir. This is an orgy. We're beyond these clever little <laughs> <laughs> turns of phrase and being coy. Uh, so uh, then they uh, they all go. We're gonna do this. Then they walk over. I can't for the life of me remember what the this is that they're all going to. They're gonna do. go to Venice to stop a plot. Yeah, uh, this guy, the Phantom, is yeah. the guy who stole the map of Venice. Uh, he's looks like Alan Moore with a burn face and a phantom mask, um, and a lot of shitty hair and beard. And a lot, yeah, like Alan Moore. That's yeah, what I said. That's fair, yep. that's fair. That's fair. So then they walk over to Dorian Gray's house. Yeah, like you do. And they go knock knock, and he goes, "I'm not interested." And then, are um, you sure there's a lot of sodomy? Yeah, and there's a vampire lady, and he's like, "Ooh, vampire lady." Yeah, they clearly have Come a history. Then they go into his library. Uh, There's a lot of scenes that take place in various people's libraries. Listen, John, late 1800s Britain did a lot of work to steal all those books from all around the world. Yeah, that's true. They had to put them somewhere. Uh, Discovering those books. That's a good point. That is a good point. They discovered all those lost texts from all those lost civilizations. Yeah, Yeah, and brought them back to Ingyland. Uh, Where they could be studied and their secrets unraveled. Yeah. Uh, Dorian Gray has a a conspicuously missing portrait from his gallery of portraits. They go into his library uh, and he's like, I don't want to join your team. And then a bunch of guys... machine guns show up. (laughs) Machine guns show Show up. up. Uh, And And Tom Sawyer, though. And today's Tom Sawyer, (laughs) the mean, mean guy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Played by Shane West of... Teens, I think. He Shane was on the cover of a lot of teen magazines. Yeah, he yeah. was just like, uh, he was just Tiger Beats Shane West, I think. <laughs> I think he was getting set up to be like a romantic heartthrob, but right around that time, Justin Timberlake's like, yo, I could act. And yeah. that just never happened. Justin Timberlake Ooh. brought sexy back and Correct. just cut that off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. tough break Shane West. Uh, so, yeah, the, a bunch of machine guns happen in a really stupid gunfight. Oh, wow. Because a lot of... So these people are all armed with machine guns, and I, I can't overstate how fucking stupid these things look. They're just big metal lunch boxes with barrels that stick yeah, out of them. They Correct. they definitely are. Uh, and they're shooting... They've all got the high ground, and they're shooting down literally like fish in a barrel. And they can't hit anything. All of the league gets real up close with various melee weapons. Yeah. And just takes them all down. They literally all walk away. Oh, yeah, yeah. None of them run. They all walk. I mean, Connery can't run. It's very yep. obvious. Dorian uh, Gray just paces around, whacking his own stuff with a sword. Yes. Uh, and we. this is where we kind of get a glimpse of what all the members of the League can do. Like, one guy walks up to Captain Nemo and he goes, Draw your pistol. And Captain Nemo goes, I walk another path. Then he kung fu's. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he just like he's got a sword and kung fu powers, and he does all that stuff. Uh, Dorian Gray gets pumped with like eight hundred bullets. Doesn't they all, care. They yeah, all just go away, and they all turn to dust. And the guy goes, "What are you?" And he goes, "I'm complicated." Joke, 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 yeah. joke. Yeah. You've then... all read Portrait of Dorian Gray, right? No. Well, I got a painting what ages for me, and I guess that makes me immune to death? Yeah, don't you remember that scene in Oliver Wilde's The Portrait of Dorian Gray? Sure. Where he walks into that room and a guy pumps him full of machine gun bullets, <laughs> and he goes, I'm complicated. And they go, oh, there's that Oscar Wilde wit. I think that you're remembering Highlander 2. Oh, you're right. You're right. 
although based on based on a, based on Dorian based on Gray, Gray. Gray. Yeah, well, so the whole thing of Dorian Gray is that he is able to live a life of debauchery, and all of his sins are visited upon a portrait of him. Correct. So, depending on how you think about death, death could be considered the ultimate sin. Because it is the rejection of God's greatest gift. Whoa. Whoa. There you go, movie. Write me a check for, I don't know, 35 cents. That's it? That's all you want? That's all they got. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, meanwhile, uh, uh, Alan Quartermain and... Did we even mention... Yeah, Alan Quartermain and Tom Sawyer race after... Well, Tom Sawyer's not... Tom Sawyer, like, fucking swoops in from the balcony and starts shooting bad guys. And they're like, I guess he's a good guy. Yeah, and then he introduces himself as Tom Sawyer from the Secret Service. Of the United States of America. You know, that country what just went through a brutal civil war. Yeah. Barely has a federal government. Yeah. We don't directly elect our senators yet. Only 48 states. (laughs) But yeah... We have a secret service, you know, for all those foreign affairs we're so interested in. (laughs) Yes, and their top agent is Tom Sawyer. Yeah, he got the job by making a bunch of Pinkertons paint all his fences for him. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, no, no, I did it, government. Let me be in the secret service. Uh, So, uh, meanwhile, Alan Quartermain chases after the Phantom... Uh, but then he doesn't catch him, and the Phantom dives into the water, I think, and swims yeah, he away. Yeah, dives in the water and swims uh, away. And then they're all like, all right, well, I guess we're the team now. I guess we're going to Venice. Yeah. So then they, well, no, because first they go to Paris, and they try. Oh, that's right. They hear, they hear uh, tales of an ape that's there's killing There's a murderer people. in the Rue Moore. Yeah. Oh, like a, that Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. Which I gotta say, turning out to be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde as the killer makes a whole lot more sense than a fucking monkey like in the original short story. Listen, in Baltimore, murder monkeys were a huge problem <laughs> back in the 1800s. It's true. They were constantly fighting back murder monkeys. Yeah. They'd Edgar come Allan up Poe. out of the harbor at night and start <laughs> flinging stuff at people. Just terrible. throwing soft shell crabs uh. at people. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe is the only author brave enough to broach the controversial subject. Don't you remember that movie, uh, that uh, that po- that uh, Poe movie starring John Cusack? Yeah, Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, no, yeah. that but with John Cusack, the one where he solves murders is Edgar Allan Poe, and all the murders are done by monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> also, like it should not surprise you that Edgar Allan Poe died in Baltimore of suspicious circumstances, and nobody ever says murder monkeys. I.e., beaten to death by murder monkeys. You yeah. know what should surprise? After they made him vote a bunch of times. <laughs> What should surprise all of you is that a deeply held, long gestating, lifelong passion project of one Sylvester Stallone is to write, direct, and star in an Edgar Allan Poe biopic. Holy mackerel. And that's the only Edgar Allan Poe biopic that would make sense for him to start razzing murder monkeys. (laughs) Just think, 73-year-old Stallone gets up, he looks out the window, and he goes, "Uh, look, it's the raven. And then smash murder monkeys. And then he's just like razzing chimps and orangutans and shit. Lenoir, I did it. Lenoir. Hey, you I look- gotta go back to my house on the water. <laughs> hey, you look at me, you chimp. I'm gonna hear the beating of your hideous heart when I rip it out your chest. <laughs> Try to interrupt my costume party in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> 
I'll show you, Mother Monkey. <laughs> what caused the fall of the House of Usher? <laughs> These fists. <laughs> take that, Murder Monkeys. Yep. After take I f- that, Stallone. <laughs> after I finish- I'll take my check for 35 cents now, please. <laughs> uh, after I finish this, the denim troll script, <laughs> yeah. I'm this coming, is, I'm guys, coming this for- this is the second great idea we've had. I'm coming for Poe v. Murder Monkeys, <laughs> so, Dawn yeah, of Justice. When Shakespeare was quarantined in the time of the Black Plague <laughs> in London, he wrote but one play called King Lear. I think we can top him yeah. by writing what two a... great things. <laughs> and King Denim Lear. Trolls and Pofi Murder Monkeys. Both I can only than... hope that it culminates in like a 20-minute Peter Griffin versus the chicken-style fight of Stallone and the Raven. I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Raven, I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> Where your monkeys at now, Raven? <laughs> Nevermore. Because get it because he's Drago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Drago the Raven. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's also played by like 80-year-old Darth Lundgren. So they're just like two old men <laughs> punching the shit out of each other. They have to just basically attach like the mechanisms of Rock'em Sock'em robots to the back of each actor. <laughs> no, you know what they do? They give them the real steel robots. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyways, they Nikola the, Tesla is me a growling pole. I can't punch as good as I used to. You got a machine that can help me punch electricity? Uh, well, I am uh, very busy uh, being a virgin making death rays. But yeah, I think I could do that. Sure, I didn't bother to look this up, but we're contemporaries, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that may be true. I don't think so, but it'll work for the movies. <laughs> let's just, uh, uh, we let's just form our team of contemporary people. Uh, <laughs> so that we might fight Thomas Edison, yeah. my nemesis. He is going to electrocute an elephant in a public square. <laughs> and it's only because the elephant saw too much. Right. Stallone gets pissed because he was in Dumbo Drop. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> the closest was Stallone... Dennis Leary, Leary I think. Yeah. The closest Stallone came to Dumbo Drop, I think, is Rambo 2. I think that's the only time he went to Vietnam. <laughs> that's very true. That's fair. Yeah. No, well, that's the second time the character went to Vietnam. Yeah. Sure. But we don't see him in Vietnam in the first Rocky Correct. movie. Correct. The first Rocky movie. Yes. <laughs> yes, the first Rocky movie definitively does no, not No Rambo in Vietnam in Did Rocky you remember the part in Rocky where he watched his first blood? The movie that came out two years later? His act is pretty good. I bet he'd be good at writing a script about a boxer. <laughs> Uh, uh, so they uh, they leave Dorian Gray's house. They go find uh, the murder monkey that's fighting <laughs> all of Paris, and it turns out it's Mister Hyde of Doctor Jekyll fame. And uh, we get tons of ADR of Alan Quartermain teaching Tom Sawyer how to shoot good. Yeah, yeah. They keep pointing out that Tom Sawyer shoots American style, which, which is, is just firing American style. <laughs> yeah, well, he does the serial figures uh, covering fire. Yeah, essentially with Tom <laughs> Sawyer. So pressing fire. So pressing. Uh, whereas Sean, whereas, uh, Sean Connery is just, uh, if you can't do it in one bullet, don't do it at all. Yeah. So uh, they finally capture uh, Mr. Hyde. Uh, the <clears throat> Mr. Hyde costume that they made is actually would be kind of cool if they didn't have to like digitally enlarge him all the time. So he didn't yeah. look like he was in the room with everybody. Also, it's just all arms. Yeah. 
He's got like a weird ton of back too. Yeah, he's got like a big like weird like hump back. Yeah. So anyways, they get him there. He turns into Dr. Jekyll. They get onto the Nautilus and it's off to Venice we go. Yeah. So this boat gets to Venice. It's just cruising through them canals. Which is, jeez, it, it, it is so hilarious. The boat might be bigger than Venice. Well, what's funny is that no, the way it's shot, buildings are taller than this, like, 2,000-foot boat. So Venice has not only canals that are large enough to accommodate this gigantic boat, but also skyscrapers? Well, hey, this is Da Vinci's Venice. Yeah, that's true. It had a lot of fucking soldiers with flying machine wings, I guess. Yeah, and those guys with all the arms and legs. What's that man? <laughs> the long hair? I think that's Goro. <laughs> yeah, that, you're right. Yeah. Da Vinci's Goro. <laughs> well, what a lot of people don't realize is, yeah, that drawing is just one in a series of his Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Shang, uh, Da Vinci's original Shang Tsung's pretty badass. A little racist, though. Oh, well, I mean... <laughs> Consider the time. <laughs> Hell, 90 Shang Tsung was a little racist. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, they get to Venice, they pilot literally a 500 foot long, 500 foot tall, it's a, just a box, it's, it's a cute. monster, yeah. Uh, this thing through the canals, uh, of it's Venice. It's going under bridges yeah. as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And like, the canals in Venice ain't that deep. Guys pilot their boats with sticks in the water. Yep. Yeah. So they finally come to a stop when they can't go under a bridge no more. And they go, okay, well, Time to use our car, I guess. Well, no, because there's a bunch of people carnivaling. And they all look like extras from the Walking on Broken Glass video. Sure. Uh, And then a bomb goes off and they're like, oh, no, we're too late. Yeah, because they put barrels full of gunpowder underwater. Yes. Wooden barrels full of gunpowder underwater. Yeah. Correct. You know the kind. Hey, you know, marble floats, so, True. I mean, <laughs> why not in this world? Hey, hope floats. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's true. <laughs> That's why those mobsters tied down all those snitches in hope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they, uh, yeah, these bombs blow up. They were too late. So a bomb goes off and it creates a chain, uh, fucking chain reaction domino effect where just buildings are tumbling into other buildings. Right. So they yeah. decide if they can blow up a key. It's the exhaust building. port of the yeah. fucking Death Star that is Venice. Yeah. Uh, if they can blow up a Keystone building, it'll stop the the reaction. So they give Tom. Luckily, to- they not only have a fucking sixteen wheeled car, which yeah. Yeah, with 50-inch rims. Which no right. one has seen before, but Tom Sawyer instantly knows, yeah, I know how to do one of these. I'm American. Hey! Uh, obviously. <laughs> but also, uh, Nemo says, okay, you drive to this specific Keystone building and then shoot a flare. That's right. We also have flare guns. Yeah. And then it's, a handheld from, mes- it's a handheld musket. And from the Nautilus, I will then fire a rocket. Yeah, but a Saturn V rocket that will pinpoint the car because it can track that closely. Uh, And I want to take a minute, real quick, to talk about this car and the Nautilus in general. Uh, The production design of this movie, like, clearly that's where a vast majority of the budget went to because it all looks cool. Yeah. Like, the car looks cool, but it also, like, why car? 
It's the only car <laughs> in existence. No yeah. one's ever seen a car before. And it's a manual transmission stick shift. And Tom with Sawyer an literally does a Tokyo drift out of the yep. fucking Nautilus and is like, get in, losers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So Quartermain, um, Mina Harker, and Dr. Jekyll get no, in? No, Jekyll's nah. like, he stands around and is... That's right. Says, Dorian gets Dorian in. Dorian gets in. So they they uh, drive a little while while the city is collapsing around them. And they drive in those famously wide city roads that Venice has. <laughs> you know the ones. Again, pre-automobile Venice. Correct. Yeah. Uh, at some point, Dorian Gray like jumps just out. Just hops out and just kind of walks off. And just walks off this to go This is a big like, thing with this car. No matter how fast it's going, you can just bail right on two feet. Yeah, there's a bunch of bad guys around. I think he gets out presumably to stab them. Yeah. Then a more bunch more machine gun bad guys comes out. Mina Harker turns into bats. Uh, and she goes up to eat does a bunch of people. Does she turn into bats? Or does she, like, see a bunch of bats? And, and it's like, ooh, I know what to do. She becomes bats as well as being, like, an ephemeral ghost form yeah. thing that she's doing. Like Matt gotcha. Barry on yeah. What We Do in the Shadows. She went, bat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and flew up into the night. Jesus. The current season has oh Mark Hamill God. as this, like, vampire Shitty royalty. vampire. He's so good. And he doesn't recognize. Because he's got a, he doesn't recognize Jackie Daytona. Because he's, he's got, got like a toothpick. And a toothpick. Oh, Jackie so Daytona. Good. It's so good. He's so into the local girls volleyball team. <laughs> it's awesome. I love when the energy vampire goes mad with power. <laughs> oh my god. If you're not watching what we do in the shadows, it's so good. It's fantastic. <laughs> Recently uh, re-upped for another season. Yeah, yeah I saw that. I'm very happy uh, about that. So, uh, yeah. Then Mina Harker turns into a bunch of bats. She eats a bunch of guys. Uh, at some point, he's like, uh, Alan Quartermain is like, well, I'm just going to hop out here and uh, shoot a guy, I guess. I saw a tank yeah, back see, there. Yeah, he sees, uh, he sees a bad guy. Yeah, Damn, he sees the Phantom. Phantom, yeah. The Phantom's like mini submarine. He's like, I'll be right back. He literally, this is a 70-year-old man, leaps out of a car going 90 miles an hour, lands flat-footed. Yeah, <laughs> does like a superhero landing. Yeah. Both feet planted firmly on the ground. No, like roll or like little pitter patter just like new yeah planted so tom sawyer uh drives his car off one of the famous venice stunt ramps yeah <laughs> leaps it into the air well that's how you get your cool trick bonuses it when you're cruising rolls around venice over crashes on the front end well, and slams the rest of the car into the building yeah he shoots his flare it goes up the literal saturn 5 rocket from the thing launches up in the air his car flips over so that... And it's a convertible. It's a convertible, yeah. There's it's no a roof. convertible. And there's no roof. And all of the, where the passengers are smashes into a giant brick wall. And then through that brick wall, and then it lands top down. And then he just walks away. Yeah, yeah. Tom Sawyer crawls out the bottom and scurries off. Which I would totally be 100% behind if this movie had any sense of fun or personality. Right. But it's that early 2000s, everything is shot super dark. Everything is like blue and black and leather and very serious. Yeah. Well, it's from the director of Blade, so that should tell you everything you need to know yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. motherfucker's trying to ice skate uphill. And he ain't no, got no Stephen Dorff to balance it out. Nope. Dude. Or a Donald Logan. <laughs> yeah. Or a Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Who does a lot more work in that movie than you think. True. It's Whistler. Yeah. Listen to me, kid. I've got kill vampires. <laughs> 
I'm Blade. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm solid your, Blade. I'm your friend Whistler. <laughs> this is my Chris Christopherson impression. In the next movie, I get turned into a vampire, but then they save me. It's got Daryl from Walking Dead. He plays Scud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah good, about blades. That. good Blades. Good yeah. <laughs> uh, So, anyways, uh, everyone recon- reconnoiters back at the... Uh, the Nautilus. Dorian Gray goes into the fucking bowels of the Nautilus to find one guy mopping up a floor and is just like... And it's the first mate. Yeah, yeah. and he's just like, oh, hey, um, it's me, Dorian Gray. I'm a spy, have been a spy this whole time, working with the bad guy. I'm gonna shoot you in, like, your gut so that it takes a while for you to die and then fuck off. He shoots him four times with a golden Luger. Uh, please... He is the man with the golden gun. (laughs) Which should have killed the first mate in one bullet. So clearly, that gun was butt gold plated. True. Very true. Which is also weird because it's a fucking Luger. Yeah. Because they, I don't know if they exist yet. Oh, they certainly didn't. They won't exist until the First World War. That's not true because Han Solo's basically got a Luger and that's from a very long time ago. That's true. true. They lost the laser technology and they Mm. just reverse engineered it like the aqueducts of Rome to to instead shoot bullets. Yeah, the, the big thing that in the movie is the movie wants you to think that the Invisible Man Skinner is stealing like little bits and pieces and is working against them. But it turns out it's Dorian Gray. Yeah, yeah. He gets into uh, the Nautilus's uh, observation uh, pod. Please, he gets into the Jacusto submarine. Yeah, but it's full of fucking water. blades. Yeah, it's blade powered, and it it is a half circle that is it. It's so weird how so it works. So it looks like it comes out of the side and it looks like just a, a glass dome and then it like comes out of the side and you're like, oh, clearly that when that lands, it'll turn so that the glass dome is on top. Yeah. Yes. And the blades like like swim it to where it needs to go. But no, it lands straight down in the water so that it's at like a perpendicular angle. It doesn't yep. make any sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> essentially the blades are the motorcycle the and the like, pod is the sidecar. Yeah. And the blades act like a fucking Ferris wheel to give yeah. locomotion. It's like yeah. a water mill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's like a, fucking dumb. It's like an old what it fucking is. Mark Twain gambling boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it doesn't go. But it's like, not on the back. It's on the side. It's on the yeah. side. And it's only on one side. Whereas in gambling boats, they put it on both sides so that you didn't just go in a circle. <laughs> right. Because that's what will happen. Yeah. It's like if you paddle on one side of your canoe. So they... But yeah, the first mate says, Oh, it was Doreen Gray. And then Doreen Gray gives a little like, It's me the bad guy kiss. And then goes away. Yeah. Uh, and then the ship blows up. Uh, well, the ship blo- gets a record. Get it right. Because this is where we get the uh, the fucking like exposition bomb. You're right. So yeah. they 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 go back Which inside. I gotta say, the... maybe you can clarify this for me. So they get a record yep. that's been admitting a high pitched squeal. Correct. Yeah. Which is how they find the record. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, like, why he didn't just stab the record into the chest of the first mate? Right? I will never know. Uh, but they put the record on, and the record activates. For us, the audience, a like black and white archival footage of the people talking. Yeah, to like a kinetoscope. <laughs> yeah, it's like sepia tone, but and the you can first, see film jumping. The first thing that happens is it looks like a uh, vampire woman is like, "Okay, recording is all set. Give me your bad guy speech." Yeah, implying that she's a bad guy. 
But she's not, but and she not. is also surprised. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think it's her. I think it's just a case of bad casting. Gotcha. Okay. Like, so it's just a, a third person. Yeah. Okay, well, yes. his secretary. Yeah, I also thought, is that the vampire lady and then had to assume God. it was And it's was not. Her. Yeah, okay. it's just a lady. And then... So, so Joseph Cotton needs to find the third woman. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Or what they should have done was cast a person with a different hair color if they're going to make her be yeah. in sepia tone. Or what they should have done is just not have another character in that scene. Or they could have not done a weird sepia tone playback on a fucking record. (laughs) It wasn't a goddamn whole movie. Yeah, what he should have sent them is one of those things where you you Just a zoetrope. Yeah, a zoetrope. Uh, Well, I don't know. Uh, Moriarty, I guess, is the bad guy, and these horses move really realistically. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, we get the thing where yeah. M is just like, it was me, Moriarty, the whole time. Oh, and also, Alan Quartermain has a fight with the Phantom in that famous Venice graveyard. Yeah, yeah the famous Venice wine graveyard, yeah. yeah. Uh, where it turns out that all the scars on the Phantom have just been elaborate makeup for reasons I don't understand because he covers them up with a, a giant mask. metal Doctor Doom mask. Yes, yeah. and that makeup is also like straight up latex yeah. makeup. He just like pulls it off, yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's M, the guy from the beginning. Yeah. What? So yeah, he gives them this recording where he's just like, ah, it was me the whole time. I'm the bad guy and Dorian Gray is my spy. And That's Dorian, right, I'm yep. Dorian Gray and I'm the spy. It's hilarious. It keeps cutting to black and white Dorian Gray just saying, yes. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. That was my idea. Yeah, he basically blackmails Dorian Gray into helping him because he takes Dorian Gray's portrait. Yeah. Um, uh, and he says that his big master plan was to get everybody assembled so that Dorian Gray could get some of Mia's vampire blood some of the Invisible Man's Invisible Skin, some of Dr. Jekyll's Mr. Hyde serum, and shooting tips from Alan Quartermain, I guess? Nah, man, he's getting that straight spunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like that uh, fucking episode of Community they just did a live read for where he just leaves him a bunch of sperm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I need that spunk. Yeah, so then... um, Get an army of Quartermain's. Uh, well, and he also, also took all pictures the, uh, yeah. of, uh, the Nautilus, of the Nautilus, which doesn't make sense because Captain Nemo works for M in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and keeps his boat in London. You could have just done that yeah. at any moment. And like, also, the vampire blood seems like you could have got that too because Mia was like part of your league. And so was the Invisible Man. You went out of your way. To recruit Alan Quartermain, <laughs> the one person you didn't need to steal anything from. Correct. I'm so mad at this movie. Yeah. So, uh, they, uh... But they're like, anyway, this record activates a series of bombs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got a dog whistle that blows up all the crystals on yeah. the boat. And you know, something is up, because the whole time Dr. Jekyll is looking into a mirror, and whenever he looks in a mirror, he sees Hyde reflected back at him. And Hyde Don't is... we all really <laughs> see our own Hyde reflected back at us? No, I see legendary singer-songwriter Christopher Cross. <laughs> oh, man, nice. Yeah, every time I look into the, into the mirror, he goes, say... Takes me away. That's got to be a weird thing to be in the mirror all the time, though. Yeah, but sometimes he changes it up, and it's all right. I think we're gonna make it, and that's pretty good. That 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 starts. And then sometimes it's Arthur's theme. (laughs) 
But every time that he won as an I'm Oscar washing, for, yeah, as buddy. I'm washing my hands, getting ready to leave, he's just like, "Hey, hey, hey! How come you don't wear backwards uh, fucking overalls like I do? <laughs> What's up? Bring that look back. Oh, come I love on. where this is going. This is the this is the wrong Christopher. Yeah, Christ, yeah. this is the wrong Chris. You're thinking of crisscross. Yeah, he's yeah. thinking of. Christopher Cross. Yeah, I'm thinking of Yacht Rock superstar Christopher Cross. Yeah. You're thinking of 14-year-old boy rappers, the Mac Daddy and the Daddy Mac, Chris Cross. No, I, Chris was, Cross. I was imagining that Chris Cross was singing Christopher Cross songs. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I That's mean, I good. can see that. I will say this. Why did they never do a Freaky Friday movie? <laughs> uh, because Where they switch places. Because ne- they could call it Crossed Wires. Whoa. Whoa! Where they're both on a phone that gets struck by lightning as they're being a magic phone. <laughs> the only problem is the two kids from Crisscross. You could fit both of them in Christopher Cross's giant Houston Oilers jersey yeah. that he has to wear, and they do. <laughs> So they spend the whole movie running around like fucking Rosie Greer and Ray Milland and the Correct. thing with two heads? Yes. Yeah. It's a very complicated animatronic setup. <laughs> with an old Warren Moon jersey. Uh, <laughs> I love that every archival footage of Christopher Cross from like the 80s is him on stage wearing this fucking gross Oilers jersey. Do you know yeah. what Oilers play? I'm pretty sure it was Warren Moon. It should have been. It should have been. Um, it might have been. Oh, what's who's the running back? Yeah, they had a great running back too. What was Earl his name? Campbell. Earl, maybe? yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, right. Yeah, Earl Campbell. Because before Eddie George. Yeah. Because that's by then they were the Texans eventually. Yeah. I don't know. Nah, or something Football. later. Yeah. Cool. What is this hockey? Hockey's cool. Anyway, Tom Sawyer is like, me, we me gotta guy. get these bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. The bombs go off. Uh, and they blow giant holes into the Nautilus. They Several bombs explode, but only one giant hole is produced, which sinks the entire back half of the boat Titanic style. Yes. And then Hyde's like, ooh, I know what to do. Yo, Jekyll, drink up some of that sweet, sweet potion. Yeah, so and he... he hits it underwater, because Hyde doesn't have to... Excuse me. Hyde doesn't have to breathe. Correct. Uh, neither does Patrick Brown. Apparently, apparently not. Apparently not. And, and then he goes and he pulls the levers and flushes the toilet. Yeah, he flushes the big ship toilet that expels all the water. And then it's just like, fucking like playing Titanic in reverse. The boat just buoys just back, up. back up. It pops back out like a rubber ducky would if you held it under yep. the water in a bathtub. It just goes, <laughs> poop. I mean, I, technically, I think he's supposed to be like blowing the ballast. But I don't think that that's just like two handles. Also, he just... <laughs> Also, he just I also don't think that the ballast controls are in the middle of the boat. Yeah, no, I agree with you on all these things, <laughs> but I think technically that's supposed to be what happens. Yeah. Also, everybody on that boat now has the bends. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy. Big times. Uh, but Hyde looks into a reflective surface to see the smiling face of Dr. Jekyll saying, You did good, buddy. Yeah. And Hyde's like, that's all I needed to hear. Good I'm a job. good guy now. Good job, old sport, I think he says. Yeah, probably. He's fucking like British yeah, like that. or yeah. chap or something chap like that. Something. Uh, so they go... Or chappy buddy boy, because all of our slang is just adding Y to the end of words. We're English. We fucking suck. Whoa. Yeah, calling Whoa. you out again for your shitty slang, Calm England. down. They're not Quebec, John. <laughs> oh, nothing can be. <laughs> you know what, though? I got some beef with the British people, particularly the words... Because they supposedly speak the same language they do. No, they don't. But they, but they, they purportedly speak English. But they're saying calling like fries chips, Wrong. and they're calling cakes puddings. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. You they're go- calling 
Biscuits, cookies, and cookies, biscuits. President's Queens. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> None of it. You go to England, you order a muffin, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, and they call their shitty royal uh, TV stars uh, Duchess of Place. Definitely yeah, sure do. Duchess of Place. <laughs> 90210, followed by Duchess of Place. <laughs> tonight on Fox. Yeah. Tonight's where Fergie tells you about Weight Watchers. <laughs> Good job, Fergs. Duchess of York. That can't be right. No. Yeah. It is. Sarah Ferguson, not Fergie the singer. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. No, they Freaky Friday. No. That confused me for a long time when I they didn't both, know who Fergie was. They both signed a writ of royal decree at the same time and got struck <laughs> by lightning and peed in a magic <laughs> fountain. The movie's called Fergie Friday. <laughs> People gotta stop peeing in fountains. Nah. Start. Where am I supposed to pee? <laughs> I'm not allowed anywhere else outside. <laughs> That's true. All the fountains are bone dry, but for the pee of Freaky Friday victims. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, they find out that the, all the bad guys. Oh, they get a they get a, a message from Skinner, the Invisible Man, who's stowed away on the little pod, and yeah. he's like, "I found them. They're in fucking Russia." And they go to Russia, and then there's a weird scene where. Alan Quartermain stares down a Siberian tiger. I can yeah. only imagine that Sean Connery was just like, I want to leave some room in this story to do a sequel to that Val Kilmer tiger movie. <laughs> Those were lines. Those were lines. <laughs> I don't know this. I'm just Sean Connery. Look, I don't agree with Sean Connery. You're right. So I'm just no, that's fair, reporting that's fair, back yeah. what he said. Of course. Okay. Also, they say they're in Russia, but they're also very clearly at the same place the X-Files movie takes place at the end. Which is Which exactly is Tunguska why. Is in Russia. Also Russia. <laughs> but you will notice, Patrick, and this is a true story. Apple TV suggested we watch X Files. I want to yeah, believe. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I want to believe the second one, <laughs> yeah. which is shittier by a lot. Nah, but it's got fucking uh, that Welsh comedian who's real good, Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly. Yeah. Is he Welsh? He's Welsh. I, I always he thought is. he was Scottish. That's the Welsh and Scottish sound really yeah. close. Yeah, that's how they trick you. But isn't he Braveheart? Yeah. No, Correct. No, no, that's that other guy. Are we sure about that? I thought he might have that's still Billy been That's Billy Mitchell. No, that's not a real person. You made up that name. That's true. I don't think Billy Connolly's in Braveheart, but he does voice the dad in the animated movie Brave. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. But I don't just think he's watching, in Braveheart. Just watching Brave the whole time. When the fuck is William Wallace going to cave that dude's head in with a maze? <laughs> he really wants to kill that bear. Doesn't William Wallace know that bear is his wife? <laughs> I've never seen Brave. No, I've, you did it right, though. But I, that's yeah. all I know about it is that his wife gets turned into a bear, and he hates bears. Yeah, well, he's a bear killer. It's, uh, that's what they do. They kill bears. You know who else is a bear killer? Brett Favre. Oh. 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 oh! 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 That's a baseball thing, right? Yeah. Football. And yeah. also, villain of denim trolls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, there's a weird scene where Alan Quartermain stares down a Siberian tiger and then lets it go because it might be his dead son in that tiger's body, man. maybe? Um, also, we skipped over the part where Alan Quartermain mentions that he buried five of his wives or whatever. <laughs> he buried three, two, wi- two wives two and three many wi- lovers. Yes. Yeah. It, it was the many lovers that really raises some yeah. eyebrows of like, yo, dog, why are you, why killing? Are you killing lovers? <laughs> because he doesn't say they were dead. 
He doesn't say they were killed. He just said, I buried, buried lots of women. Yeah. Oh boy. You see, they, they insulted me in a very vague way that leaves it uh, questionable up into the audience as to why I'm really bricking in all of these people. Cask of Amontillado, we're doing more Poe stories. Oh, okay. Ooh. Except, see, here's the thing. They put me in there. It's me, Sylvester Stallone. You can tell by the, the sound of my voice sounds exactly like how I sound. So this is what I think they do. They brick me up, right? And but then, then I punch out. That's John New. So they break. So wait. So Stallone. Yeah. Uh, it's me, uh, personal assistant to Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you run by all of your creative decisions before me uh, as like your sounding board. But what you're saying is in this particular Edgar Allan Poe story, you will not be playing the main character. No! You'll be playing the victim on whom the misfortune is visited. But that's where the turn is. Because I'm going to punch back out of there. I'm going to punch all of Venice. Punch all of Carnival. And then I'm going to punch all the Amontillado. Alright, okay. So you're going to... So you blame the wine. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Everything's getting punched. But the ultimate villain of that story is not the sociopath who tricks you and bricks you into a wall, but rather... The evil spirits in the wine, what made him do it? Obviously. All right. We've okay. all had trouble. <laughs> Stallone, and I don't say this lightly, this might be your masterpiece. <laughs> it's going to be the best movie I've made since Oscar. <laughs> So they brought, they all sneak into uh, better than stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> uh, so they all uh, uh, break into Moriarty's secret hideaway. Uh, they Wherein split the he teams. Is, so yeah, the whole thing is that Moriarty wants to manufacture all of the superpowers of the League of Extraordinary yes, Gentlemen and sell them in care packages, which doesn't make any goddamn sense because we get to this factory where he is manufacturing fucking. Tech nines and Iron Man armors. Just sell that. Yeah, he literally has like fifty guys in Mark One Iron Man suits with flamethrowers attached. Yeah. Everyone's got yeah fucking AKs and Tech nines and Uzis and shit. But they do have one Invisible Man, uh, a bad guy Invisible Man. So they split up. Invisible Man and Mina Harker break in through grates. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. Uh, they did. They did. Guys, they did. Great. A great job. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Sequel to the Italian job. Great job. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, we gotta get through all these greats. And we need so much shredded cheese. All right. Well, I'll do it in this PT Cruiser. Yeah, no problem. I'll take care of it. I'm Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Please forget the race crime I did. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Um, <sighs> finest comedic actor of our generation. Watch the happening. It's hilarious. <laughs> when the lady Guys, accuses it's the trees. There's something wrong with these trees. When the lady accuses him of coming to like steal her house, and he goes, "What? No!" <laughs> it's <laughs> chef's kiss, beautiful. And I, what I love about that movie is there's the weird hippie couple who are super obsessed with hot dogs. Yeah. The whole movie, they're just like. 
you ever have a hot dog? Oh, they're so good. We bought so many hot dogs. Hey, who wants a hot dog? Let's get a hot dog. By the way, all the bees are missing. Did you notice that? Ah, who cares? Let's have hot dogs! <laughs> so I, like the rest of the fucking world, am uh, re-watching Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix. Everybody else in the world but me. It's great. I'm also not I'm watching, watching DS9, buddy. Fair enough. Yeah. But you got a whole series of Avatar waiting for you. No, it's I got good. Voyager after this. Ooh, true. Uh, there's some okay Voyager. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, no, Voyager's pretty okay. But anyway, it's it's reminded me that M. Night Shyamalan did the Avatar Last Airbender movie. movie. Which I have seen. Which is hot garbage. That's Ooh, yeah. what I heard. And all I can think of is like, did he think when he put his name in the hat to direct Avatar The Last Airbender, he thought it was a James Cameron sequel to the Avatar movie? <laughs> and the twist... Was on him? <laughs> yes? Possibly. If I ever meet him, that is the one and only question about his entire storied career. Uh, not me. My question will be, signs, why? <laughs> Magnets, how do they work? Uh, ICP already covered that. It's, it's a Jesus. miracle. <laughs> no, it's a miracle. Okay. So yeah, I guess Start technically Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Well, really God. Yeah. Because it turns out when you flip the last Joker card, it was God the whole time. Yeah, but now they're on their second set of Joker cards. They're on another cards. deck. Who yeah. knows what it'll be this time. I can't fucking Maybe wait. it'll be the devil. Probably gonna be God but again it's now. It's probably gonna be God <laughs> again. I feel like it'd be sacrilegious. All I know for a goddamn fact is that ICP, the in-sound clown the posse. In the in-sound clown posse. Yes. Yeah. They, they've, they've moved me to speaking in tongues. Uh, they are more scientifically focused and empathetic and worried about the well-being of the people who listen to their music than the current president of our country. They canceled the gathering of the Juggalos because, and I quote, to put one juggalo life in danger is unacceptable. <laughs> Correct? Yeah. What Boy. a moral compass the ICP has. Boy. For a couple of guys who both had a shared dream about a hatchet man in the sky and a dark carnival... <laughs> Yeah, they've got, uh, they've got, uh, a ICP has got my back more than my government does. <laughs> That's right. The the band behind songs such as Ned and Game and <laughs> Bitches. <laughs> they did a whole song which was just, yo, this one time there was a dog that died in the street. <laughs> uh, then don't forget Super Balls. <laughs> or... Your nuts, we want your nuts. We'll itch and scratch and bite your nuts. Your nuts, we want your nuts. Weird. Please don't, please fuck dirty butts. That's a real ICP song from the album Ringmaster. Yikes. The second Joker's card. Yikes. Uh, I oh boy. love ICP. Hell More yeah. than I love this movie. <laughs> Uh, so they're in fucking Russia, and at this point in the movie, they are clearly gearing up for their big Act 3 uh, action set piece. Yes. To which I, watching this movie, at this point said, no thanks. Yeah. It's okay. This is going to be garbage. Well, we because... can just wrap it up now, please. Because the big action set piece is Alan Quartermain, played by a very old man, chases a not very athletic man yeah. throughout a castle. Yeah. Mina Harker, or uh, 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 was it um, uh, Dr. Jekyll 
and uh, turns into Mr. Yeah, Hyde. Turns into Mr. Hyde so that he can like direct traffic of getting people yeah, out he's of the being castle. a regular nice guy until he has to fight uh, Ultra Mr. Hyde. Yeah, a guy drinks like a giant super Bunsen beaker full yeah. of, of Hyde goo and he turns into Red Hyde. Yeah, Super Hyde. He's like three or times as big or something. Yeah, and they just like wrestle for a while. Yeah. Captain Evo does some karate. Uh, Mina Harker goes to Dorian Gray's bedroom. Boy, howdy. And has a straight up fucking Hong Kong wire fight with him. Well, and they both look at each other and they're, and Mina's like, I'm a vampire. And Dorian Gray's like, I'm literally an immortal creature who cannot be harmed or killed. Let's fight? One of them even says, let's put that to the test. Yeah. And then they fight and they like scratch and cut and stab each other. And then you see them just like reheal and everything's fine. And then finally Dorian Gray stabs her in the stomach onto a bed. And he's like, oh, looks like I got to nail you one last time. Yeah. Which like... Did they have that colloquialism back then? I hope not. And also, he just has a sword in her stomach, which I feel like he should know how to kill a vampire, and that ain't it. True. The book Dracula has been published. Right. We all know who Jonathan Harker is, because we ask about him when she's like, nah, he's dead. But instead, she gets up, stabs the sword through his belly. And pins him to a wall. And then opens up his portrait and makes him look at it, and then he... Uh, CGI he melts Raiders like a, yeah, a lost yeah, he goes Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. Or no, uh, he does uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, he, he Last Crusades. Uh, but not, it's not good. I would have, no. they should have just done it like Last Crusade with like stop motion puppets. Well, and that's the whole thing is like the whole idea of the portrait is like this is where all of my wounds go and I dare not look at it lest I be so horrified that I lose my powers. But like, he shows the painting and is just an old guy. It's just an old man yeah. with like a, it's like a dirty face. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the Crypt Keeper looks worse than Dorian Gray. Yeah. He looks kind of like a cleaned up Babadook. Yeah. 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 Actually, if the picture was straight up the Crypt Keeper, that would have been a great joke. Right? Like if it had been just like a real fucking gross corpse body, yeah. that would have yeah. been cool. That would have been pretty good. But, but it wasn't. It's just like a guy with no eyebrows. So uh, he melts. Then, uh, yeah, Alan Quartermain finally chases down M, but M, st- uh, uh, Mori- he's Moriarty. He's the bad guy from Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Yeah. We never find out why Sherlock Holmes isn't there. We just know that Moriarty, who changes accents eight times in the film for no reasons. Yeah. yeah. And they, they pull up the fact of just like, I thought he died in that, in the final. He says it. Yeah. Moriarty says, he goes, Moriarty, the crown prince of crime. <laughs> the Napoleon he, of crime. Yeah, he died, he died on, in that waterfall. On Breckenridge Falls and I was reborn. Uh, and then he goes from aristocratic British accent to, yeah, that's right, I'm Moriarty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the last 20 minutes of the movie, said so I'm Cockney now. That's how we're doing it. <laughs> Oop, I stabbed you in the back, jumping out this window now. Yeah. I'm Australian, that's how it is. <laughs> Gonna go throw a shrimp on the barbie, I'm Moriarty. And he's got a really big coat, so when he jumps out that window, he, he just floats down like Batman. Yeah. Man. Uh, uh, and now finally it's time for Tom Sawyer to complete his arc of shooting a thing that's far away. <laughs> yes. Earlier in the film, uh, Great character, uh, right? Alan Quartermain takes him to the shooting deck of the Nautilus yeah. where he's uh, uh, like shooting. They shoot buoys into the water and they wait for them to hit the water and then they shoot the buoys. Yes. Which, to my knowledge is not how skeet shooting works. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, but this is buoy shooting. True. Yeah. So he... Uh, oh, no. God is upset with our <laughs> podcast. Yes. Thunder. God is a very big buoy shooting enthusiast. That's true. 
It's true. Yeah. That's why when it when he it, when he started his recording career and it turned out that there was another recording artist who already had his name, he chose the pseudonym David Bowie. Yeah. That's right. It was a long walk, but it was worth it to yeah, get there, yeah, you yeah, guys. Yeah. So uh, he gives the gun. Yeah. So Alan Quartermain like tells Tom Sawyer how to shoot. Tom Sawyer can't shoot. Now Tom Sawyer gets one last chance to shoot. And oh, look, he can shoot. And he shoots Moriarty. He shoots him Quartermain style. Yeah, <laughs> right in the back. And then Sean Connery's like, this century belongs to you. Bye! Yeah, the man now, now dog. <laughs> yeah. And he dies. And then he croaks. Uh, and then... But him specifically saying the century belongs to you just reminds me of Briscoe County Jr. Yeah. And the quest for the coming thing. Right. Which then reminded me, oh, fuck balls. This movie takes place the year that Briscoe County Jr. takes place. Why didn't we get Bruce Campbell? Oh, fuck, we could have had Briscoe. We could have had Briscoe. Uh, Riding in on a horse to the Summer Olympics theme. Also, like, if you're going to have a bullshit literary figure from America, you got your Pecos Bills, you got your Paul's Bunions, your John's Henry. Come on. Tom Sawyer. Gross. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, couldn't, at least Huckleberry Finn, he was the cool one. Yeah, but he might bring Finn. his friend along. Word we can't say in movies, Jim. Ooh, but you gotta remember that Huckleberry uh, uh, Huckleberry Finn, he may have used obviously very racist language because he was a child raised in the South during slavery, but he was definitely an abolitionist. Yeah, he comes along. That's part of Huck Finn growing up. Yeah. Anyways... Uh, I guess what I'm saying is Tom Sawyer is the most boring fucking character yes. in all of the American canon. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, he's pretty lame. Yeah. Headless Horseman? Ooh. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. We got a lot of great ones. Even Ichabod Crane. Yeah. It could have just been a lame school teacher from New England who was just like, yeah, I'm here to teach you how to read and write. Oh, but he could have done like Magoo stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like tumbling Hell into yeah. things that fell on other things that were like Deus Ex Machias. If yeah. I ever get to pitch a Boba Fett movie, you better fucking believe Boba Fett is Mr. Magoo in oh, his way through the whole thing. Magoo Fett, I oh, watched that. Hell yeah! yeah. Uh, I mean, Timothy Oliphant was just cast in Mandalorian season two, correct? And he will be. They've said that he's gonna be wearing the Boba Fett armor. Yeah. They haven't said he's going to be Boba Fett. He, uh, there is a character in Chuck Wendig's sequel novel Aftermath that takes place between Jedi and Force Awakens and there's a uh, basically like a gunslinger on Tatooine who finds like acid scarred Mandalorian armor out in the Dune Sea puts it on and becomes a fucking sheriff. Nice! nice. So Timothy, Timothy Oliphant probably playing fucking acid scarred Mandalorian bounty sheriff. So he's just playing Raylan Givens in space? Nice. Hell yeah! Nice! Alright. Uh, space Justified! Uh, so, yeah, the movie then ends by going to Africa, where the... To Barry Quartermain. Now, I didn't think about this when I was looking at the scene, but is the Invisible Man at the funeral, or yes, did, does he, he die he's from there. the burns? No, he gets burned, but he gets better, but he still wears his big leather trench coat and in Africa. Africa. Yeah. yeah, but he's not wearing the... The uh, makeup. The white makeup that he wears so we can see him. Which, by the way, is kind of a cool effect. It actually looks pretty good. The first time he does it, when he just does the face, and he's like, you can see just his face, but everything else is invisible. Yeah. But then he drinks some, like, root beer, and it just, like, goes down his throat and then shoots off into his face. Yeah. Weirdly. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's Alan Quartermain's funeral where a... Uh, 
where an African witch doctor was performing a ceremony in the bush near the cemetery. And once all of the main characters leave to go fuck off and do whatever they're going to do. Tom Sawyer puts his rifle onto the grave of Quartermain. Yeah, and then the witch doctor comes over and lights a fire and uh, castigates the gods. And we don't actually see Alan Quartermain's hand burst up and grab the gun. There's a bolt of lightning. It cuts to a black screen. And we just hear, Alvin! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, the dirt's a-rumbling, the guns a-rumbling. It's all scenes that, if we wanted to, Sean Connery's back to life. Or, if we don't want to, it's like, yeah, weird. Like, I'm younger now. I'm a more bankable actor with a lower pay ask. Just like the comic book. (laughs) Yep. But without all the freaky-deaky sex. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing that I will say. This fails as an adaptation on every meaningful level, but the one thing it does keep from the comic book is the... Really uncomfortable sexual tension. (laughs) Yeah, everyone seems to be hitting on everybody. (laughs) All the time. And nobody seems into it. No. No, uh, Dr. Jekyll spends the first, like, 40 minutes of his movie time in the movie in a cold sweat because he's too horny. Yes, Yes, There's a scene where he walks by, like, Mina Harker's room and she's talking to Dorian Gray and he stands there in the doorway watching them make out and presumably make love fiddling with his pocket watch. Yeah. Just because they couldn't film masturbating then. Yeah. (laughs) That's clearly what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, 12 o'clock! (laughs) Uh, and that does it for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen we'll be right back with bullet points bullet points our first bullet point is body count body counts Patrick what do you think the body count of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is oh god I bet this is going to be a lot lower than I think I'm going to go 36 Alright, John, what do you think the body count of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is? You know what? If there's one thing this movie taught me, it's go bold or go home. Uh I'm going to say the body count of this movie is the same as the year it purportedly takes place (laughs) in. (laughs) 1,899! Oh, man. I mean, Uh, that's a lot of Venetians. Well, play by prices right rules, John. You lost... So hard. <laughs> Was I won over? <laughs> you were 1,844 over? 55. 55 people died. 55 people died, okay. 55 people confirmed dead in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right. Which will take us to our next bullet point. Best kill. Oh man. I knew this one was coming, and I was like watching for him in the movie ended, and I was like, "Did anybody die?" Good, yeah, fifty-five people died. <laughs> no, they just died. John, what's the best kill in LXG? Uh, probably the rhino horn. I gotta say, yeah, the one we covered at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's the pretty rhino good. Horn, I mean, got something it's not going even. For it at least. Yeah, it's it's not even that good. I mean, for this movie, it's fucking it's the best kill. Yeah. It's, a it's not rubber, good, yeah. though. That's some S-tier shit. Patrick, best kill. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Red Hulk as the building collapses on him and he slowly like strains out more and more trying to hold it up and we see more of his head veins before he gets crushed. And then yeah. dust blows out. Not That's, a lot of good kills in this movie. There really aren't. Mark, best kill in LXG. 
Uh, I'm gonna go for the Bobby who gets run over by the tank at the back. Sure, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Mostly because you get to see his Bobby helmet get crushed Rushed, by tank yeah. dreads. And it is so Looney Tunes, I almost expected him to say, well, it's 11. <laughs> yeah, right. We're gonna stand up flat. <laughs> yeah, just like flapping all over <laughs> yeah, right. the place. Like Judge oh, Doom. And well, the- I'm gonna call in sick tomorrow, that's for sure. Yeah. Picks up like a can of a compressed air and just like, it re-expands No, no, no. It just blows into his thumb. thumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. Uh, that's going to take us to our next uh, bullet point. Uh, since this exists in a world before the Geneva Conventions, therefore, the, no war crimes, uh, we're going to go ahead with best weapon. Best weapon. Patrick. Best weapon in the LXG. I'm going to go with the rifles that Nemo's crew has. Mm. They're not necessarily extra awesome, but they're like super carved and gorgeous. They are like Art Nouveau machine guns. They're great. Very delicate. They look like they're carved out of marble. It's like silver and porcelain and like probably ivory. Yeah. Because it's Nemo. Yeah, you're right. Just ripping that shit right off of a fucking squid. Man. (laughs) Yeah, those famous ivory squids. Yeah. Uh, maybe? We don't know. We've explored more of space above us than we have the oceans below. That can't be true. I don't think so. We got to Mars, but we still ain't at the bottom of the ocean. Didn't we go down there with robots? Nah, the robots get crushed from the pressure. We ain't been down in the ocean. Mm. Mm. That's why we keep finding all those weird things like giant tentacles. Yeah. Pressure. Crushing robots down there. <laughs> uh, John. Yeah, that's my favorite David Bowie song. Hey! hey! This means supposed to stall. <laughs> I sound perfectly like myself. That's a good one. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks, Sly. Uh, <clears throat> John, best weapon. Uh, the rocket. <laughs> man. It the, ro- rocket. the rocket man. Gotcha. Yeah, all right. Uh, Cause he rocked it, man. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't listen to that soft rock shit. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Cause it's you, huh? You're the Candyman. Oh no! Can't wait for that new Candyman movie. I know. I'm really excited. Uh, Mark, best weapon. Uh, I am gonna go with the Iron Man armor that has a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um. We don't see it being successful in killing anyone. Or anything. It sets a room on fire. It did. It also looks incredibly heavy. Yeah. And what's one thing I appreciate? It's like they're not robot suits. No. There's, it's literally yeah, just there's a no hydraulics. Yeah. armored suit that a guy can barely move in. But it does have a sweet flamethrower. Nah. And that's going to take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Patrick, is LXG an action movie? I guess so. Like, it has some larger extended action sets, set pieces, but it's it's another one that we've watched where the stakes just don't exist. Yeah. Like, you're never worried about anyone or anything, and nothing cool enough happens for you to ever start to anticipate cool things happening. John, is LXG an action movie? <laughs> I I will say, mathematically, yes. There is an action beat every ten pages. 
whether it deserves to be there or not. <laughs> yes, there's also a use of the word extraordinary every ten pages. Yeah. But they drop that about halfway through where they're like, all right, they we get it. I, I think that the movie was being very kind to all of the, like, dads that are taking their kids in the audience of just like, sure. is this the right movie? I don't know. <laughs> Why are we in London? Why is there a tank? There's no Sean Connery. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This is a league of extraordinary... These gentlemen are extraordinary in this league. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this is the right... No, Jim, this is... Jimmy, this... Sit... Jimmy, sit down. God damn it, Jimmy. <laughs> Pull your pants back up. We are in public. You cannot do that here. This dad has a lot going on. Yeah, wow. sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like it. I did a dark turn. But yeah, it's not a good movie. movie. Oh, save like, yeah. it for final reviews. Yeah. It is an action yeah. movie. Mark, is LXG an action movie? Uh, yeah, I'll say it is an action movie. Um, the action that's in it isn't particularly great. The cinematography in this movie is uh, real suspect, and the editing. Everything is, uh, it tries to be like cool and dark and fast-paced, but it's done in such a way that it's just difficult to follow what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And also, a lot of your uh, actors here are either old men or not good at stunts. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and it's just well, hard to Tom care. Sawyer, who is the youngest and most athletic in the entire cast, drives a car for his action scene. Yeah, yeah or, or shoots gun. Like, he doesn't do any, like, Meh. fighting. No, not really. No. Uh, at one point, I think he hits somebody with the butt of his gun, and that's about it. True. Right. He says, welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to take the us... the Martians. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, of the Martians. So that's going to take us to final reviews of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. John. Fellas, this movie came out in a post-Matrix, post-Blade, post-X-Men, post-Spider-Man world. Uh, and it was that first sort of like gold rush of... Oh shit, comic book movies make money. Fuck, what comic books do we own? Turn it into a movie. Uh, we got the second renaissance of that after the first Avengers movie was a huge success. Right. And we're like, what shared universes do we own? Quick, Greenlight Scoob, the Hanna-Barbera <laughs> cinematic universe. Uh, and like all of the movies that we're getting today that are based on shit comics, it was a shit movie. Except that this was based on a very good comic. Yeah, at least the first couple volumes. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, you kind of have to read it as you would read Tolkien, of like, just read Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, and The Tempest. Don't worry about, like, the supplementary materials that just are there to, like, don't worry about the Black Dossier, right. you know, stuff like that. Just, just read the story parts of it, and you get enough of the backstory to follow what's going on. Yeah. Patrick, final yeah. review. Yawn. That's all I yeah. gotta say. Oh, fair. Mark, final review of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ugh, more like League of ex Shittily Gentlemen. Excremental Gentlemen. Hey. I don't even think they're all that gentle. Yeah, and they're not all men. Yeah. True. This movie is full of flaws. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's most heartbreaking about this movie is that we'll never get the Nemo spinoff where in the comic books he has a whole story where he goes to Venezuela to fight Nazi scientists. Yeah, see, that would be cool. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the ultimate, like, Achilles heel of this movie is it does not know how to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's so serious. And it also doesn't think it's cool. 
Yeah. It should think it's cool. Right. And it doesn't. Yeah. It's kind of like, look at all these nerdy old English farts. Right. Thank God we brought a Tom Sawyer along. Yeah. Like, it's not pulpy enough to just be like a dumb, pulpy sci-fi movie. And it's not like executed well enough to be like, well, this is a goofy premise, but they're doing it incredibly well. Right. They didn't make yeah. me believe in any of it. Yeah. What a bummer. Right. Yep. yep. Anywho, I'm Mark Rosendahl. <laughs> I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And that's going to do it for this episode of Body Counts and Beer. Extraordinary. Goodbye. Extraordinary. You're the extraordinary dog now, man. <laughs> we did it. We got there. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Red Sands Bromley, John once and again Rooney Taylor, and Mark a time for dancing Rosendahl. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and review check us out on facebook you can like us on twitter at bodycountcast or you can email us at bodycountsandbeer at gmail.com